Do you remember uh, 90s daytime TV shows where they would have, like, <laughs> I'm afraid of puppies? And <laughs> yes. And be, they, that was, they were so mean. And they, would, and they would just bring out, like, a dog, and then these people would absolutely melt down yeah. to the, for the amusement of the audience. One woman was afraid of gum. One woman was afraid of <laughs> jello. <laughs> Just nothing, even if it is fake, I don't care, because nothing tickles me when this wom- some poor woman, I'm deathly afraid of kittens, and then Maury will say, Anne, we have a surprise, and someone will bring out kittens, and like they just jump up and flip out <laughs> and run backstage. Shh. Welcome back, listeners, to our first episode of Season 2 of A Free Podcast. I'm your host, co-host Rob, and joined as always, my good friends Joe and Duff. Hello. Season 2, baby. This is where we, we get it together. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is where Urkel steals the show, and then it's just syndication money all the way. I think we were just treading water in the first season. <laughs> oh! Gonna make waves this season. Um, we are in too deep. <laughs> we are. Uh, this season is about fears and phobias, and our first movie that we're going to talk about is the movie Open Water uh, from 2003, which is a uh, a very cheap movie. <laughs> Let's just say that 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 did pretty well. Um, and this movie, you know, we said fears and phobias. This movie is here. We go. We're gonna. I'm gonna pronounce this. You guys ready? Oh this yeah, movie baby! It's about uh, thalassophobia. I'm disappointed. I think that's right. All right, which is essentially the fear of being in large bodies of water, emptiness of seas. An issue, Duff, in Titanic Minute, you talked about that you would have. I've had recurring dreams about this my entire life, where I'm just ter- I'm terrified of the idea of being on water and not being able to see land. Mm-hmm. See that? Uh, it, for me, it's more not being able to see below me hmm. like i i even experienced this in freshwater lakes where i and i and i it doesn't keep me from swimming or anything and it's not a gripping fear but if i'm treading water in the middle of a lake and i can't see the bottom my mind starts to turn like boy wouldn't it be crazy if something just uh, swam up and bit me and dragged me down and that's in a freshwater lake where in our climate literally a, nothing a catfish <laughs> yeah. yeah like I, I even researched it once because I was feeling so stupid that I got spooked myself. And the closest thing to it would be maybe a muskie. And even those never, they'll occasionally like bite someone's toe if it's dangling off a yeah, pier or something. The, like the, really, the really dumb ones will think it's a worm. They'll be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> that uh, said, we're probably about, what, 20 years until alligators are in Wisconsin? <laughs> and uh like michigan is sort of a swamp so eventually I'll, I'll have reason to be afraid yeah that's true i when i was in high school i was at a quarry in wisconsin swimming with some friends and uh i was swimming around and there was a pipe i didn't know this at the time but there was a pipe that was kind of sticking out of the quarry on one end and it caught me in my shorts and like hit my <laughs> leg and i 
I, I would say for about 10 seconds, I had an absolute panic. I thought like a snake had gotten a hold of me. <laughs> Did I you like shriek? started screaming and yelling <laughs> and just like, I, I just freaked out. And then everyone was like, I think it's a pipe. And it was, and I felt, I felt silly and embarrassed for how I acted. Man, has um, any, has anything good ever come from swimming in a quarry? <laughs> Seems like that's the start of many a bad story. Yeah, I, that's a good Stephen King starter or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like someone get, hey, gets hit in the head with a rock and drowns. That that seems like a good. It's yeah, not it's, stand, in Stand by Me, but it should be. Yeah, that's true. So, all phobias involve fears, but not vice versa. So, what Joe just said about, um, kind of being afraid of the water, but still being able to go into it, that's a fear. If it were a phobia just like the thought of it or the mention of it, Joe would probably be flipping out right now. Yeah. It's like not all monkeys have tails. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Is there also an element of, of irrationality with a phobia as well? Like uh, it, when I'm, um, when I'm, you know, treading water in a deep lake, I'm sitting there, I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of afraid right now. But I also, know that it's irrational but i just can't help feeling that way or the same if i'm at the top of the eiffel tower and the fence is literally over my head i'm still afraid to walk up to the gate you know to the edge even though i know in my brain it is literally impossible for me to fall off the edge because there's a gate there but i'm still Uh, terrified WebMD. uh you can tell we do we we (laughs) do did did you also find out you have cancer after reading about this Uh, i (laughs) i got literally three banner ads for sepasol to knock (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it says phobias involve the experience of persistent fear that is excessive and unreasonable okay there we go Uh, they're cued when a person approaches a particular situation or object and uh, or even anticipates the approach of it and they understand the fear they will experience as a result of that situation will be unreasonable and excessive well in this movie in this movie um the people do not have philosophobia, I would argue. Oh, that they're are excited in to get in there. So let's, I'm going to quickly kind of, you haven't seen this movie. I'm not really spoiling much. Probably what you think happened, happens. <laughs> if, if it takes you more than 15 seconds to summarize this movie, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> There's an opening. That's the beginning of the movie is just looking at the relationship we have between Susan and Daniel. And it is, uh, it is <laughs> ugly. The movie is very, very hideous looking. And uh, these Mexic scenes are not great. And it, when I first started the movie, uh, I thought, "Is this? Did did Duff send me a porno instead?" <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's some straight up like standard definition Cinemax After Dark cinematography. Yeah. But again, they didn't have much to work with. They didn't and, have much to work with. Uh, for the I, parts that count, it it doesn't look that bad. It seems like uh, no. Yeah. In the they water, almost, it's it almost great. seems like they use a different camera, doesn't I, it? I looked it up. Uh, IMDb lists the the cameras they used as the uh, the Sony DCR. <laughs> wow. Uh, Sony DCR uh, VX two thousand, and then there was another one, the Sony DSR PD one fifty. But so I won't I'm, even like. I'm not going to make fun of the image quality because it's not like they had lots of resources and made. You know, they did no great with what nothing. they had. You know, so yeah, I, I am going to make fun of like the straight up. Like straight out of film school, like framing and editing that's in this movie, like especially the beginning. 
especially yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And 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 also let's not forget the absurdly gratuitous nudity. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to wait till later, but wh- there's absolutely no reason for this movie to be rated R, and I think that was a huge mistake. <laughs> I agree. Cuz they say like what two or three F-words in the movie. Yeah. There there's other than uh the nudity in the hotel the night before they go Which diving. Is so weird. It's very weird. There's no reason at all. So I, I wonder if they like wanted to make it rated R on purpose to make people think it would be bloodier and gorier than it is. But then yeah. it also limits your audience. I found it very strange. It's up there with Halle Berry and Swordfish for the laziest nudity reveal. Just yeah. like boom, there. Mm-hmm. Boobs. Um yeah, it's it's very strange. Uh but once <clears throat> once, you know, they, they decide to, to go on this trip to the Bahamas or to the Caribbean, I guess I'm not sure where they go. And uh they you know it's the like, Great uh, Barrier Reef. So um, Australia. They're well, not in Australia. I, the the event it's based on happened there, but yeah, it's but, shot in the Caribbean. Oh I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. I had gotten I had gotten Great Barrier Reef in Duff, my head. Duff? Uh, mute your mic for five minutes. <laughs> okay, Rob, continue. Um, so they go on the boat. All right, excited. There's really no dread on this in any way. Head counts the at ki- twenty. The King of Queens forgets his mask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy has a. This, there's always an asshole who uh, forgets his mask and kind of eventually screws up the entire count because he goes yeah. in and back out and messes it all up. They, you know, surface and the boat's gone. I'm just. And they, I just mentally, I think in my notes, I refer to that guy as Joey Goodfellow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, give me a mask. It's like, oh, oh sweet, uh, I'm going diving. You, you know. <laughs> I'm going bless diving you, no Bless you, what. There's a place in heaven for you. Yes. It's like, <laughs> also, like, that dude just got out of the water. He's like, hey, buddy, he is a mite. He's going diving with me. Come on, come on. That dude's like, oh. All right, you weirdo. Yeah, I know. I know. That guy is just a real asshole. But this guy, he's the one who kind of ruins the count. Uh, they, they get up out of the water, and there's no boat. And it starts off like, okay, right? I mean, there's it's daylight. There's two boats that are in sight. A plane flies over. They're sort of like, yeah, it'll be fine. They From moment one, they are unrealistically chill about this, in my opinion. Yeah. It, just, it would yeah. May, Maybe this is just... Uh, showing poorly on me but i about 30 seconds in i'll just be flipping out yeah just, i th- i think that's a survival mechanism like you need to stay calm like y- yeah you- i it, i think that's yeah i was actually gonna ask you guys this question we you know all three of us have significant others let's say you went on this uh this scuba diving trip with yours uh who would be the panicker between the two Susie, don't listen to this Susie. <laughs> uh my wife would definitely panic. Uh, it would be me on mine. <laughs> Duff, Duff and, and his wife would drown each other within 45 seconds from <laughs> panic attacks. And I mean that with all the love. No. The so a- actually thinking about it more, I think what would happen is my wife would become very, she would have, she would become panicky and I would just become like terse and pissed off. He'd be like, just stop it. Stop it. It's okay. Everything's fine. What's wrong with you? It took the couple in this movie like seven hours to start fighting and you yep. would take <laughs> How long do you, th- do you think that that's longer than the average couple would take to start fighting or? Uh, uh, I think, I think there's a certain amount of like, you know, kind of, uh, he's sort of the strength early on and sort of like combined together to be like, like he's sort of like masculine, you know, being like, oh, it'll be fine. They're going to come back. Don't she d- worry she about it. She does a lot of complaining. 
And then as the kind of as the movie goes on, it sort of switches once he gets bit by a shark. <laughs> yeah, sort of even before that. He, yeah, it, and that's probably how it would work out in real life, I would yeah. think, right? But yeah, I actually feel like the stuff in the like. Listen, I haven't had gone through this, but it felt pretty genuine in the water. Yeah, Just you like, don't notice that the acting. Once I, I partly because they might actually be afraid that the real sharks that are all around them might bite them. <laughs> like yeah. the acting is pretty solid. And I'm sure they in the water. I'm sure they don't have to fake the cold because they were in the water. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and a bunch of stuff happens, and their sharks show up, then jellyfish show up, and they call for boats, and they don't show up. I wanted to uh, ask if either of you well, thought hold about on. Star you, Wars. You're kind of you're making it. You're sort of implying that like they the people in the water called the boats. Sorry, the people in the water were calling for a boat because they saw it a long oh, ways yeah, away. Yeah. What did they say? Do you remember, Joe? Uh, no. What? Over here! It Over remind- here! <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of C-3PO. C-3PO in the desert. <laughs> Over here! <laughs> so that was one- <laughs> I think that right away I would have started yelling trying to get those boats that they see right away. I, yeah, would you swam towards them? That was those, like a those big boats are like right over a mile away, though. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they don't hear. Do you, do you? There's kind of a C three PO R two D two dynamic that flips back and forth between the couple. There's well. I, there's a lot of uh, it's like a it's like a screwball comedy dialogue at some points. It's like R two D two would electrocute all the sharks with his like little like <laughs> droid penis that he uses to hack things. Droid penis. Also, I mean, R two can fly, can't he? Well, yeah, in the prequels. Nah, he yeah, can. now he can. You're right. Yeah. Um, well, he always could because he did it in the prequels, and then later, uh, I guess, he decided not to. That's right. And then he just stopped for the rest of the seven <laughs> movies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they uh, they fall asleep at one point and separate for a while. That's very scary for both of them, which, of course, it so would be now. Here, with here no was one. my question. I can understand that eventually from exhaustion but it seems like she was able to sleep fairly early on in this ordeal and i was wondering do you think you could sleep in the water that quickly like it had been like what three say three four hours no Uh, i think it had been at least eight um i don't remember i had the times written down but i i I could see myself doing that in like a really stressful moment sometimes my reaction is like i'm just gonna fall asleep in, in in like avoid it I feel like that's what I would do there. Just like I'll just lay back and fall asleep for a while. I, I'm what just. What am I gonna do? I would just be too high strung. I wouldn't be able to sleep until like my body literally gave out. Um, and then a shark nibbles on Susan, uh, just a little bit, just a taste, just a sam- um, a sampling. And and uh, a moment you mentioned, Joe, uh, does come up here, which is. Uh, not knowing what's underneath is like a, a scary thing. And I, I'm 100% with you. I would be terrified to look under the water. Yeah. I, was- I, I wouldn't be terrified to look. I would be terrified to not look. You know, like if I if I could see below me, then I, I wouldn't be as afraid. And you can't do that all, all the time, obviously. But it's yeah. just floating there and knowing my legs are dangling, you know, four feet below the water or five feet, really. Yeah. And then just not if something could come up and grab me at any moment. That's Ugh. that's what scares me. I do think one of the better, maybe the best scene of this movie, especially given the technology, is at the end where the camera is kind of bobbing and it just like you get maybe a 
third of the screen underwater when it a bobs. A glimpse of a shark. And, and there's yeah. sharks n- everywhere. Not, not just a shark. It's like an alien. It's, like, it's nine of them. It's like an aliens when they pop open that vent and there's just 30 of them. <laughs> they quarrel in the water. Yeah. And I was thinking about you, Duff, because one thing I know about you is you love to watch a couple argue in public. <laughs> And I imagined you. I thought that's. You, I thought of like you right away too jet- when we got to that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I imagined yeah. you like on a jet ski, like listening, and then just like very quietly peeling away, like <laughs> not helping. Yeah. Or, or you just pull up in a boat in the middle of the fight, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we're saved!" Like, hey, listen, you guys finish this. Yeah. <laughs> just don't. don't, I'm, don't uh, I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, finish. Don't don't leave me dangling at the end of the second act. I need yeah. some closure. <laughs> Whose fault is it? Yes, we got to solve this. That's any good fight needs so, resolution. So, Rob, was that going to be your question of whose fault is it? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, let's go there anyway. <laughs> uh, whose fault is the argument? That's actually. It's actually. I actually feel like this is like back to what I said earlier, especially for how rough this movie starts from just like domestic bliss and them like on their phone talking about their jobs. Just like the first five minutes of this movie is is very painful but the, you kind of get later the on fir- the first five minutes of this is like uh tommy was so directed it yeah it's it's rough but then like you have this moment when they're in the water and like it feels like a very genuine and real fight and it kind of in my mind like uh progresses away a fight would happen where it just starts with like a little thing and like they just kind of keep picking at each other and it keeps becoming you know farther and farther back whose fault it is and, and more and more of like not even related to the trip anymore yep just bringing stuff up out of nowhere classic <laughs> yeah. healthy uh conflict resolution it's, it's her fault for only giving him two dates to pick from yep yep and her job and her you know um whose fault is it i think it's his fault no that this this is a not even worth discussing this is a uh, you cannot it is the 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 company's fault as a veteran headcount guy, yes, there's okay. absolutely no excuse for not counting heads before they leave. They just tallied it as they came in, and then they didn't do another count. As someone who yeah, has to count this... people on buses all the time, this yeah. is just standard operating procedure that you do that count once everyone's aboard before you leave. Every also, time. This, this also kind of speaks to the pitfalls of uh, vacation industry in general is that this is not the highest quality crew. It's kind of like just, I feel like it's a situation where like what percentage of that town's uh, professions is uh, just taking white people out to the water to go scuba diving. And these guys just, I mean, I guess like they explained it well enough. It's like, all right, here we go. Just, I mean, they're just there. It was just one guy doing the head count. He's doing it like his, his notepad and, and even like the like safety instructions at the beginning are very jokey like oh if you see a shark you know yeah that sucks <laughs> like if you don't want to see it don't look at it like oh boy huh yeah. um but yeah i mean you're right joe whose fault it is I-, I thought i had to choose between one of the two of them it's for sure the company's fault uh and but second I don't place, really, beyond that i don't really think it's any either of them really did anything wrong you know, she did only give him two dates to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part is totally unrelated to this. 
Uh, she's like, you always you always cut it close. You always want to go off on your own. And that's why I said if anyone, it's his fault. Because there's a lesson to be learned here if you ever go scuba diving. On the way there, be like that asshole and make a big deal of yourself because you don't want to be forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> wow. it, to a certain yeah, extent, it's uh, it, Joey Goomba's fault. He's the well, one that true. He, sets, he sets all this in motion. But he makes himself known. They kind of sit in the back of the boat. They don't engage with anyone. No one notices they're missing. You need to, do you like, remember anyone so, else? Do you remember anyone else from the trip either, though? That, that's the <laughs> woman who had trouble uh, underwater because of her ears. I was like, yeah. oh, I would, too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I don't think. Um, so uh, back in the water, Daniel gets bit pretty badly. <laughs> I love how she's like, it's okay. It's well, what's fine. she supposed to say? What? That's the right thing. Half yeah. your calf right is thing. gone. You lost half the like, calf. It's like, hmm, you're bleeding out a lot, which will attract the sharks. She'd be like, I'm your pushing you away. Is half calf. Um, you forgot yeah. to mention that they get stung by jellyfish. Yes, they get stung earlier. That would I do not like jellyfish, guys. Nope. I've, they they look cool, but I've heard they sting. Um, and so my question was this: at the end, at the end of the movie, eventually the next day they realize they need to go rescue him. Uh, he dies um, and from half his calf being bit off. I mean, in you know, twelve hours of that, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and at one point, Susan uh, removes her gear and just drops into water. So here's my question for you: Do you remember all the sharks we saw towards the end? Mm-hmm. Were they actually there? Yes. Yes. Okay, because you know she's gone twenty-four hours without water. You start to, like, you know, panic and go into shock and hallucinate. Did she, like, just think there were so many sharks? Well, did she, did she imagine the sharks bringing her dead husband down, too, then? Yeah. Yes. That would be my... That would... That would <laughs> I'm just throwing it out I, there. I, I don't, I don't see anything in this movie structurally or visually that makes it seem like a dream. Okay. I, I, I generally agree, but it's just... The, I'm just throwing it out there as a question. What if it was like a Sopranos dream sequence, like when those fish are talking to him? And uh... <laughs> yes, uh, uh, one of our uh, one of our listeners, friends of the show, Rob Dog. Uh, I talked to him, and he told me that uh, he was on a trip uh, to Mexico, and they were going to go on a scuba diving trip, and they watched this movie the night before the trip. And <laughs> Why? Can't, and they canceled. They canceled the scuba yeah, diving. Yeah, so from what I read, like this, uh, well, who knows if it's true, but according to operators, this movie had a real effect on, on the business for a while after it came out. I mean, so let's talk about that. I, 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 I don't know if I saw this movie in the theater or like shortly after a hit video. I remember watching it and liking it. Diving back in, like I said, the first like five, <laughs> ten, twenty minutes. Uh, there we go. I was like, I was like, oh boy, I don't know about this. But once you get in the water, I think it's really good. That's all right. I think it. Part of it is I think this loses a lot going from a theater to small screen, which isn't necessarily its fault. Uh, I I think. I think, like you, and I, the first ten minutes or so, I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be terrible." But I, <laughs> but I did start to like it more by the end. I do think that the constraints that they were under actually helped them make a better movie. Yeah, 
because I'm I mean honestly 10 years later you know it'd just be a bunch of CGI sharks going it'd nuts. It'd be the Meg. It would be the Meg or what you say was the one that was available on streaming uh, Open Water 3. Open Water 3 yeah there's apparently been two sequels to this movie that have nothing to do with the characters just a general idea. Part of it is I'm just not a fan of the found footage genre. But it's not found footage. Yeah, but it's the same, It you know, on the cheap, handheld, just essentially, in my mind, for all intents and purposes, this is kind of the tail end of a found footage, uh, that trend that started with I Blair Witch. But I don't. I, I don't think so at all, man. Tail end, like yeah. I would say this is towards. This is early on on that. I mean that that went on for. Uh, that hadn't even peaked yet, really. I guess that really got going when the was it Paranormal Activity. So yeah, uh, in, well, even Cloverfield. Yeah, that's true. Do you want to get into my my take then? Because I you already mentioned some movies I was going right, to talk about. Get get to your take. I would say that the careers of the filmmaking team that made this like their success with this and subsequent career i mean is virtually unprecedented based on my 30 to 45 minutes of research (laughs) okay which actually is a long time to spend on the internet looking at one thing i i could not find another film that had this kind of a ratio between budget and profit that did not result in any kind of lengthy film career afterwards the only exception would be the Blair Witch Project yeah it is it is fascinating this movie is um the sum is better than the parts because you're right the main actors like they just did tv after this the director and like the writer and director I don't think he did anything that like we know of they okay so I I remember looking at it the the filmmaking team uh director and then the writer producer uh the, their husband and wife also they did silent house after this which was made which brought back four times its budget but i also don't know how much they spent on marketing so that might not have even made a profit so some other like there's I, I tried to restrict it to american films because i think like european films don't or foreign films depending on where they're made don't necessarily have the same profit demands because they might be using public money and i also didn't include documentaries but there are some obviously notable documentaries that were made at this sort of micro budget that were huge yeah. like super size me would be an example but even including those like those filmmakers tended to go on and have a big career i i looked up i, I tried to find as many films as i could that was like five hundred thousand dollar uh budget or less which is about what open water was open water was made for about half a million and it profited 54 million yeah and worldwide uh, uh, yeah, and almost every other film I found that had that kind of a ratio, uh, the filmmakers went on to have very, very big careers. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the only cr- exception I could find was Blair Witch. So Paranormal Activity, the I mean, director there's... of that, uh, that movie was made for even less. That was only made for $11,000, and it made way more, almost $200 million. But then that filmmaker went on to pr- be produce the Insidious series, and the film itself turned into a franchise, which yeah. this film... Kind of did, and I thought about watching Open Water 2, and then I decided I have a life. Sort yeah. of. <laughs> Halloween is another example, but John Carpenter goes on to be big. Yep. American Graffiti, 700000 budget. George Lucas, big career. Uh, Shane Carruth, his movies never made like that big of a profit, but he, I would Has assume he'll still be able to make whatever movies he wants. Brick was made for less than half a million, but Ryan Johnson just made a Star Wars movie. Uh, once was made for 150000 
and that director yeah. has made two more films that were nominated for awards and did well. I mean, it just it, you go on and on and on here. Clerks, El Mariachi, Evil Dead, Eraserhead, the only even Enter the of, Dragon, the only way I Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, Napoleon Dynamite. I just what I was going to say, but I guess that's only would be Nacho Libre, right? Uh, he just had. He's. I think that John. He, that John Heater like, guy was in. The actor was in some stuff. That's like, true. The actor he, was in stuff. I, I was mean, the he he knew enough to strike when the iron was hot. He's like, man, this is my. This is it for me. So I'm gonna be in a bunch of stuff, make some cash. Yeah, and Jared yeah, has right. just had. Right. Uh, uh, he he just made. Uh, he's made more movie. He made Masterminds as well, though that got shelved. I think he's made some. TVs, TV uh, movies, and stuff like like he's still around making stuff. Sure, yeah, but you're right. The people behind uh, behind Open Water just just uh, nothing. I, I'll it's say amazing. one one that I can think of that is not. It's a little more money than that, but I do know that it was. I think it was New Line, so it's considered an independent movie. Was the first Ninja Turtles that oh. Um, I know that up until Nin- that Ninja Turtles was what usurped Halloween as the most profitable movie of all time, independently. Like I think, because it was it was it cost thirteen million to make, which is obviously more than the ones we're talking about, but it made two hundred million. But the other aspect that you're talking about, no one in that movie did anything again but the director did coneheads which i'll stand for yeah and and (laughs) and that started a franchise as well i mean this movie just it it came and it was i would say it's fair to call it a sensation when it came out i I mean like for what it was yeah a lot of people were talking about it it, i think everyone knew of it like this is the first time i had seen this movie but i remember when it came out but but it, it it just enormously profitable for and, it, and, yeah. and I, I'd be curious if any listeners can find a similar story where the filmmakers just came and went on this almost what you could call a micro budget. I would say 500000 is more than that, but it's pretty I, small. I, I could not find anything any other, other than the Blair Witch Project. And I, and I also am just operating off the top of my head that they didn't go on to do anything, and I don't think that they did. Uh, I don't know if they no. were. Were they, they involved in any of the sequels? Not that I don't those, think so. Not that those were... I I've, I haven't seen the movie Blair Witch, but I saw the Book of Shadows movie, and I, obviously those did not ignite a cultural firestorm the way the first one did. Yeah, no. no yeah, just I, I just thought that was really interesting that that there are a lot of films like this that were made that cheaply, and and that ended up being hugely profitable. But ev- almost everybody else that that made a movie like that was able to turn it into a career and it doesn't seem like they were able to. And I, it's I'd also, be curious to know why it's it also a Sundance film too. So it's not like, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, you know, started from like a, some pretty big, you know, big festival to get the, known for the follow up. I think, uh, was at Sundance too. They made a horror film after this called silent house. I believe that also premiered at Sundance. Okay. It's and also it interesting. Up, yeah. And I guess technically this is a franchise, but for the horror genre, like, you would think it would be like, you know, insidious or uh, paranormal activity where every year they would pump one into theaters because from a Hollywood standpoint, these movies are the closest thing to a sure bet because they cost yeah. very, they cost very little and teenagers will go see horror movies. But there's nothing else to do on this. Like, you, like I, I know there's two more. When, like, when has that ever stopped? Anyway, yeah. I, I guess. But I but think like, that the, I think there's uniquely nothing else that you can do with this. So, 
can we can we dive into some uh i think what makes open water scary to me is that it's you know it starts off saying it's based on a true story so i was curious about the true story um and so the true story it's probably most based on of because here's the thing as mentioned in the movie this happens sometimes <laughs> this isn't unheard of for uh someone to mess up the count yeah. um so tom and eileen lonergan were american tourists who went to the Great Barrier Reef in Australia in 1998? Seems like a good couple. Uh, they had, you know, uh, kind of traveled the world, and they had been in the Peace Corps for a while, and they spent time doing different things. So they were like, "Oh, let's, you know, let's travel around the world before we come home." And they decided to, to you know, go to the, the Barrier Reef, and uh, so they go there and they go on a 26 passenger boat, 160 dollars. They go out there, and on their third dive, which is around 3 p.m., they headed off together. They were spotted swimming about 12 meters down, and then when they came to the surface uh, less than an hour later, uh, the, the boat was gone. And it's sort of mentioned that, like, that's not necessarily a death sentence, similar to in this movie. You know, they don't freak out. They're like, oh, all right, it's not a big deal. Uh, there's a story of a tourist who... Uh, had less than 10 dives under his belt and he had survived for 40 hours in 2000 when he was left behind because you have like the inflatable life jacket and you got air and you know uh you're in you're in like a tropical area so the the weather isn't such a big deal um yeah it's pretty much just water is fresh water water is the big thing and sharks and sharks (laughs) and jellyfish i will say that the other thing though and i know this because uh, i've read about the the uss indianapolis which is the was that ever yeah was that ever a wreck of the week Um, i don't think so okay well just because it was so famous yeah uh, but that's that's the the one story that's talked about in jaws the one that's talked about in jaws and i think for the most part all the things he says in that are true but i listened to uh i think it was a uh, things you missed in history class episode on the uss indianapolis mm-hmm. and the sharks while there were sharks the sharks were in some ways the least of their problems because one thing that they don't really talk about is that you are unprotected from the sun and the sun oh, yeah. and dries the, you out. The sun and the dehydration from not having any fresh water is really probably the most dangerous thing. Well, I Sh- think that's sharks don't help, but yeah, I think that's what happened. Is uh, the next day they realized, oh my god, they're missing. They come back and they found the dive weights resting on the bottom. Uh, and then um, they uh, they still like could have been found. Um, but they weren't. They appeared to have survived the night, but then several months later, a fisherman 100 miles north of the site found a, dr- a dive slate, uh, which records their thoughts as the dawn broke their morning. It was written like in scrawl, and it said, uh, Monday, January 26, 1998, 8 a.m. To anyone who can help us, we have been abandoned on Court Reef by MV Outer Edge, 25th, January 98, 3 p.m. Please help us rescue us before we die. Help. Um, Eileen's wetsuit was found washed up uh, later on they measured the barnacle growth and they estimated that it was lost on the 26th which is just a day later Uh, and tears and material around the the buttocks and armpit had apparently been caused by coral you just pronounced that like Forrest Gump yes I did (laughs) Um, 
So anyways, they later on found their inflatable dive jacket. So there's a lot of questions. This is like a kind of a big deal about what happened. Um, and one, I think the most common theory is that they had drifted helplessly and they may have been delirious because of dehydration and then uh, got out of their outfits, um, which is not a good idea. Uh, so if you ever get stuck, the two things we've taught you is make sure everyone on the boat knows you and keep your suit on. Be a really be as loud. obnoxious as possible. Yeah. Yes, be as nox- Yep. Um, but yeah, they would have been able to tread water longer because the buoyancy of their suits and dive jackets, but they took those off. But then all this publicity happened, and uh, some other stuff sort of happened where they started saying they found like their diaries. So this is like, my third tip. Don't have a diary. Um <laughs> I just don't think you should. Uh, so hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind t- leading us on a tangent here. What's your rationale for that? Well, uh, I, it reminds. <laughs> Urkel might find it or something, <laughs> and it's an episode of Family Matters. It's it's too personal, and people will find ways to use that diary against you. What? That's all I'm saying. Hey, listen, listen. What do you yeah. have to say in a diary that? They would be so bad. They looked at these diaries of Tom and Eileen, and there were some melancholy passages. So, um, so they thought that was evidence. What that else they do had you committed... put in a diary? Exactly. <laughs> but they thought that was evidence that they had committed suicide or did murder suicide. That's ridiculous. Or, yeah. or faked their own deaths and sped off to a new life in a That's new boat. That's ridiculous. I, I, I agree. Are you kidding me? I That's did, what happened. I, I did see there. There are some conspiracy theories about this couple. Yes. So yeah, one is like the, essentially yeah, that they it was murder, uh, murder suicide, double suicide, or it was this big idea to like disappear, which doesn't make any sense. There's no reason yeah, they could have just done that survive? on their own. They could have just. <laughs> um. So, so did they just attach themselves to the bottom of the boat when it sped away? I mean, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> like, how would is, they survive? I think this was like the industry that was sort of being like, oh, they killed themselves. It's not our fault. It's like the end of The Dark Knight Rises, and they're just in a cafe somewhere hanging out. (laughs) Drinking Fernet Branca. (laughs) Nodding at Michael Caine. (laughs) That that is one. That's probably the most famous story of uh, people being left. There's another story that happened. uh, Yeah, quick. uh, this This is why the people tune in, not to hear about the movies. If you guys were going to fake your own death, how would you do it? Huh. Hmm. I'll only give your second best answer in case you have to use your best one someday. Yeah. I yeah. guess I guess I shouldn't tell people not to have a, <laughs> a diary when I have a, a literally hours and hours of me talking about all the stuff that people would be able to like yeah. to a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Probably we're, 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 stuff. We're, th- th- these are personas that we're oh, doing yeah. here. Th- th- this isn't really us. Diary- like Rob, video. diaries are for girls. Podcasts are for men. Oh, okay. <laughs> New shirt idea. <laughs> Well, that is a good idea. <laughs> uh, okay, how would I fake my death? Um, I guess I would do it camping. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go on. I just go camping and then by yourself, by myself, or with the family, and just disappear at night. Okay, and you know, but then like what you'd have to do something to keep them from like looking too hard for you. You you got to do something that makes them. I would- Give up off, in the near term or something. I would take off all my clothes and put ketchup all over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my which god, he's killed by ants. They're all over would, his yeah. clothes. <laughs> which would lure like, raccoons wow, into it. Wow, the search dogs are really going nuts over that shirt they found. <laughs> uh, apparently he was murdered by eight Chicago-style hot dogs. <laughs> well, they wouldn't have ketchup, Joe. 
Mm. Oh, really? No, that's just mustard. Okay. That's a well, big I faux pas you had there. Those. Don't you know your hot dogs? No, I don't. Chicago has no mustard. Or, sorry, Dude, no ketchup. Chicago style, no everything sucks, man. No, Chicago style hot dog is the best hot dog. It's Chicago not even close. Pizza Co- is nonsense. Cosine, Chicago, Chicago dog is good. Hot dog is yep. Yeah, get right. those peppers. Yep, get those. Yep, yep. Mm. Uh, so I I think that I would have to do some, I would take the Hans Gruber approach and that there would be like a, a fire <laughs> of some sort so that they don't think there's anything to find. So I'm trying to, th- oh. to have to stage some type of, you know, like maybe like meth lab explosion. Like, I would, How does that work for Hans Gruber? Because the original plan in Die Hard is that they're going to... Oh, okay. Before before one John McClane comes in and messes everything up, yeah. they, they were going to blow up the roof in such a huge fireball that everyone just... They couldn't tell who was who and just charred bodies everywhere. That's right. Okay. So it would have to be some something like that. So I'm trying to think of, you know, an instance where there would be an explosion or fire of some type. And the first thing that leapt to my mind is meth lab explosion. So you got to get into that. Also, th- <laughs> well, I was going to say there that there would not be a lot of questions in the Midwest. Be like, oh, yeah, meth lab. Mm-hmm. That's true. Joe, what do you got? I would do something like D.B. Cooper. Oh. Are you guys familiar with that story? The, the guy uh, disappeared on the plane. Yeah, you would yeah. exit a plane and never be so. Found. I would hijack a plane and I would I would leap out, and what I would try to do is uh, I would try to take two parachutes with me, and then and have nobody notice, and then I would put ketchup all over one of the parachutes, <laughs> and then and then open it. <laughs> And then and then let that drift away, and then I would go the opposite direction with the real parachute, and then everyone would think I was dead because of all the blood. And your plane would get ruined when at the airport you bought three Chicago-style hot dogs. <laughs> and with while ketchup. you were there, you'd be like, no, there's no ketchup in here. All right. Well, maybe they'll think the mustard is bile or something. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think that's a good plan. Yeah, it worked for D.B. Cooper. It did work out pretty well. Yeah, uh, so oh, that's one of my favorite uh, like mysteries is like D- the DB Cooper one. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting that no one found a guy who jumped out of an airplane. <laughs> I think it's wild. Did they ever find that plane that crashed? The that just went down somewhere in the South Pacific. Sharks from, ate it from three or four years ago, and C- C- CNN made that like holographic uh, representation or whatever. The Malaysia Airlines. Yeah, did they find that thing? That was juicy. Uh, I don't think they ever did. No, all those people fake. James their Cameron, come on, let's go. It's too bad. Get your Paul, submarine out. It's too bad Paul Allen died. He was the one who was going around finding all those weird wrecks from World War II. Yeah, he should have found that one. It is weird. A plane just disappears, and we all. That's, that's, and because this world is so weird and awful, we just kind of forgot about it. Like we were on, true. <laughs> like the next day, there was something equally weird and awful, and we're like, "Oh, screw that plane. That's old news." Uh, there is a uh, another real story uh, of uh, another one at the Great Barrier Reef of uh, someone Richard Neely and his partner Allison, thirty eight and thir- so, forty. So two people were left behind in the same landmark. Yeah, don't go there. Yeah, don't go. Yeah. Um, well, because they're, so, they're they're counting using Australian numbers. That's that's true. That's true. It's not uh, upside. It's upside down. They're using the yeah. metric system. It's all it's all tens, ten based. Um, but they they survived. So um, they, they actually survived. So this is uh, 
I guess we sort of discussed this, but um, how long were they at sea? They were on. They were uh, nineteen hours in shark infested waters. Ooh, that's that's not fun. Um. So that made me wonder. Uh, would have either of you gone scuba diving before? No, I'm not certified, but I I think about it often getting certified because I uh, I finally traveled to a place that was a pretty good dive spot. Yeah, and it made me think like, man, I and I'm going to be again in uh, six months, and it really made me think, man, that just looks so incredible. Like, so you like, would you would do it? Oh, absolutely, but I, I don't want to do it enough to pay the you know, eight hundred bucks or whatever it costs to take the classes and stuff. No, Duff, would you do it? Uh probably. I I never have been. First of all, yeah, I'd probably do it. Um, I would like to have a little more guarantee than this company in open water. <laughs> well, I, I, I just have... I, I think that like the the criticism back from the industry is like I mean what we you found what two stories where this happened? Yeah, it's yeah. It's, 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 it's probably more dangerous to go. Well, I, in terms of just the getting left behind thing, it's probably more dangerous to go flying. But obviously, other things can go wrong during a dive. I have zero percent interest in ever scuba diving. Hmm. Um, I I just the idea like a I'm not a great swimmer. B I think flippers look silly. <laughs> C I think you, I have how, a how, okay, but but you're <laughs> it, it, think about think about how you look right now. Yeah, and you're doing it like you're you, you think you would look any sillier in flippers than you do right now talking into a microphone staring at your computer screen. But but I'm not in the water. <laughs> you've 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 owned a moped. I still own a moped. <laughs> That's a good point. I just I just point. don't want to be in the water. I just I don't even like being in the water in general. It's just okay, not a thing you, I like. Do you uh, do you appreciate what about, the beauty what a, of what they mu- they must see and experience down there? Absolutely, which is why I watch the shows with it. <laughs> or I so, would go to aquariums. So, so Blue Planet is good enough for you. Oh yeah, and I and I'll go to an aquarium, but I don't want to go underwater. Okay. That's I, just, I get it. I I don't I'm not criticizing you. I get it. I just there are, I am a very, uh, as we learned from the personality test, I'm not great uh, or open to new experiences. So, like skydiving, underwater, any of those things, I'm like, nah, nope, no interest. Yeah. Would you go to a water park? Yes. I like water yep, parks. Ben's one with They're him. They're fun. I can confirm that he does that. You don't that's really have not to go real water too much. Yeah. yeah. That's just. <laughs> that's, 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 it's synthetic water. It's mostly pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's mostly pee and sweat. Yeah. Um, okay. Will you? Would you go? Would you go snorkeling just to like get a little sampling of it? I would do. I've snorkeling. never even done that, but I, I, I am going to be doing that as long okay. as like it's like your head's underwater by like three feet or less. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do that. But um, I guess I have to wear flippers for that, don't I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> why? Why? Have you ever worn flippers before? No. They help you swim oh, a lot faster. Oh, it's pretty faster. fun, man. You go real fast. It's cool. That's, yeah, I haven't done it. That's how fish go so fast. The closest he's been to flippers is watching The Graduate, so I, I guess <laughs> that I understand why you wouldn't like it. Oh, man. So it sounds like, oh, last question that I have about this. If we were in this situation, let's say it was the three of us. You convinced me. We're like, we're going to go. We did scuba diving training. Uh, all well, of first our... of all, if we convinced you to go and this happened to us, we would never hear the end of it while yeah. we were floating there. Well, I'll tell you what, they wouldn't forget me on the boat, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I would be telling all sorts of jokes. Yeah. I, um, we, they'd, be, to... they'd be driving, man, it's like, why is it so quiet? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we left them. Um. <laughs> uh, which one of us do you think would last the longest? Well, I I think that boils down to one, two simple questions. Okay. Uh, one, who would panic and start splashing around the first? First, and, I think Duff. I would think that's first the sharks would go to. Two, who's the tastiest? Mm. I eat the most. <laughs> <laughs> you you probably have the most sugar in you. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, my body probably tastes and smells like gummy worms. <laughs> Yeah. So so does does processed that does uh, high, uh corn syrup based sweets attract sharks or drive them away is the question. We'll need someone to to get back to us on that. Yeah. The only the only thing I'm absolutely certain of is that Rob would try to drink the seawater. I was about to say that. <laughs> I can't believe she didn't know that. Yeah. yeah she should have known that's that. Pretty Ever doesn't everyone know that? I I thought it feels was... like you should bring a water bottle with you. <laughs> well, I mean, like, why how... couldn't you? Because I guess she had little I... snacks. Like, yeah, how, how... what were those? Was that candy? It was. Yeah, it was. Candy. It was like old lady Werther's candies. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was saltwater. Saltwater they, they, candy, they... which also sucks. <laughs> they hallucinated Wilford Brimley riding his horse across the sea <laughs> to give him some Werther's. <laughs> Like they they stole it from Grandma's little porcelain dish at the end of her wrapped up couch. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so this is uh, the first episode of our season. We're talking about fears and phobias. I think this is a good example of one. Uh, next episode will be Duff's choice of the movie we talk about, then followed by my choice, and then Joe's choice, and then the final choice will be audience choice. Which I'm not sure if voting will still be open when this airs, but if so, it will be at freepodcast.com/fear. Uh, but it. We actually might be done voting by then, but we'll see. Whatever. That was a well-thought-out plan. (laughs) We'll leave it open until midnight tonight. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we will be back tomorrow. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) No more daily podcasts ever. Next week. Uh, Don't forget to uh, join our Facebook group at... Guys, I'm so broken in the head. Don't forget to- <laughs> uh, the it freeloaders. The group. Yeah, don't forget to join our podcast. Fuck. <laughs> Are you having a stroke? I think do I you, might have today. Do you smell burnt toast? It smells delicious. Let's try again. Join the Facebook group at a freepodcast.com slash freeloaders. You can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter at uh, a free podcast. And also be a kind person. If you've listened, go to iTunes and write us a review. It tickles me. gives me a big tickle to see that. <laughs> like a little little fish nibbling at your calf. Just like that. Uh, and uh, as always, you know, you can email us at uh, midnightboyspod at gmail.com stay out of the water stay out of the water and if you're going to be in the water make sure you let them be known that you're okay there. survival cut your partner push them away and then swim the sharks will go for them mm. <laughs> that's what i would do that's that's a good plan